0: M S W Media. News with swearing. Tilly beans, Tilly beans, Tilly
1: beans, Tilly beans.
0: Hello and welcome to The Daily Beans for Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. Today, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris shatter the record for the most money raised in a month. We hear arguments in the Manhattan District Attorney's subpoena of Mazars in the Second Circuit. Trump compares the attempted murder of Jacob Blake to missing a putt in golf. The Department of Health and Human Services bids $250 million for a communications contract to spin the message on COVID. Barr removes a 20-year career national security official and the replacement raises questions. Barr orders more changes in the FBI surveillance under FISA. And Elliot Broidy is about to be indicted. I'm your host, A.G. Whew, we have a great show lined up for you today. First... We heard arguments in the Second Circuit about the Mazar's grand jury subpoena and whether or not they would grant a stay, and I will discuss that and their decision with the host of the On Topic podcast and former U.S. attorney Renato Mariotti later in the show. And I will be joined by comedian and activist. She has raised over thirty million dollars for incredible causes. Her name is Dana Goldberg and she's amazing. She's gonna join me for the good news block. I'm very excited to welcome her to the show. She'll be here on Tuesdays with us. And I am firing up the fantasy indictment league music today. And it's going to get old school. We're going to go OG in this joint. So we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, so the lead story today is a good news story, and I can't express how proud I am of us for this one. From The New York Times, Joe and Kamala are expected to report a record-breaking haul of donations for August, raising more than $300 million between his campaign and his shared committees with the Democratic Party. This is according to two people familiar with the matter. The sum would shatter past monthly records as small donors have poured money into Biden's coffers, especially since the selection of Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. In a sign of the financial momentum behind the Democrats, ActBlue, that's the main site that processes donations to the party, has reported the second biggest fundraising day in history on Monday, with more than $35 million donated. A majority of Mr. Biden's August total came from online grassroots donors. Grassroots donors, y'all. And this is according to a person familiar with the figures. Uh, The people familiar with Biden's fundraising did not know the exact final figure on the month for August or how much higher than 300 million it would be. Uh, This sum laps what is believed to be the previous monthly record of $193 million set by Barack Obama in September of 2008 though there is no formal record-keeping on this. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has donated and contributed. Just like every vote matters, every dollar matters. And if you want to donate using our special Beans Team link, set up by John Vane, campaign finance chair for the Bind campaign, you can find that link in my pinned tweet on my new personal account, at Gill, on Twitter. So watch the video, uh, click the link in the tweet, to contribute and please retweet it far and wide it is because of your contributions that we have shattered this fundraising record so thank you all so so much now it is time i'm gonna be Oh no it
1: is gonna be a okay. Honey, dick. Indicted!
0: I'm, honey. I'm going to be
1: indicted! Oh, they, they can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm
0: down. I'm going to be indicted! That's right, everyone. I am dusting it off because I have been following this story for two years. Allow me to read you from my thread The at, at Muller She Wrote on Twitter, dated December 2018. Beans thread from Muller She Wrote, episode 44, quote, Felony Friday with Sam Patton, which aired September 1st. Let's talk about this week's winner of the What the Fuck Award. The Justice Department is investigating whether fugitive Malaysian financier Joe Lo laundered tens of millions of dollars through two associates and used the funds to pay US legal, a U.S. legal team that inclu- included Chris Christie and Mark Kazowitz. You know, Mark Kazowitz. We know Chris Christie. Mark Kazowitz is a Trump lawyer. Christie is representing Lo in an asset forfeiture case in California, and Kazowitz is repping him in Justice Department Matters. Finally, and this is the kicker, Jolo has retained Birchfield as counsel, who have served as the ethics advisor to the Trump administration, and GOP lobbyist Ed Rogers. But here's where it gets fucking weird. <laughs> Elliot Broidy is working with this guy, and he met him through Praz Michelle, a founding member of the Fugees, who may have been one of the two associates he laundered money with, and... The Department of Justice is investigating whether or not Brody tried to sell access to Trump to the Chinese and Malaysian governments. Jolo is close to the Malaysian prime minister, Najib Razak, who we reported on a while back for being arrested in Kuala Lumpur for laundering money through movies and art that he stole from a Malaysian fund called 1MDB. All right. So in this thread, this Twitter thread that I'm reading, I put this was our reporting three months ago and I'm still reading the thread now. From December 2018, I said today in the New York Times, we learned that one of the two associates, a guy named Higginbotham, has pleaded guilty to a scheme and is cooperating with authorities. He's admitted that the Fuji's guy did help launder the money, as did Broidy. So that was my thread in December 2018. Then in March of 2019, a month before I lost my job at the federal government, by the way, I tweeted... This is a story we've been following that includes laundering Malaysian money with Fuji's founding member, Praz Michelle. I think Broidy will be indicted two times, two times. Hashtag Fuji's. Now, today, from the Washington Post, this is now, real time, September 2nd, 2020. Federal prosecutors are preparing to charge longtime GOP fundraiser Elliot Broidy in connection with the efforts to influence the U.S. government on behalf of foreign interests, according to people familiar with the matter, a result of a sprawling, years-long investigation that involved a figure who helped raise millions for Donald Trump's election and the Republican Party. Brody is under scrutiny for his alleged role in a campaign to persuade high-level Trump administration officials to drop an investigation of Malaysian government corruption, as well as for his attempt to push for the extradition of an outspoken Chinese dissident back to his home country, according to the people who, like others interviewed for this report, spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe an ongoing investigation." He has been in discussions with the Justice Department and could ultimately reach a plea deal. Now, here's the kicker. According to a charging document filed in her case, a third party named Davis admitted she aided and abetted the efforts of the two others involved in the influence campaign, identified only as person A and person B. People familiar with the matter identified them as former Fuji's rapper Pros Michelle and Elliot Brody, respectively. The investigation of Brody has its roots in the massive probe of theft from Malaysian government development fund that has come become known as the shorthand of 1MDB. In previous civil and criminal cases, federal prosecutors have alleged that stolen funds made their way into the United States were used to buy pricey real estate and even fund the award-winning movie The Wolf of Wall Street. We reported on this. We told you guys, remember back uh, in 2018, that uh, I think Leonardo DiCaprio was gifted a Picasso and he had to give it back in this case. Malaysia's former prime minister, Najib Razak, was accused of being involved in the corruption. He was convicted in July and sentenced to 12 years in prison. We covered that. At the center of this case is a Malaysian businessman named Lo Joe, who was indicted in 2018 and accused of funneling tens of millions of dollars into the United States in part to get the Malaysian corruption investigation dropped. Lo, Joe Lo, who is facing multiple federal indictments, is believed to be in China, outside of the reach of the United States authorities. He has denied the allegations and said they are politically motivated. Again, beans. Very specific beans, I must say. Um, I'm very proud of this one. Um, Also, find it very interesting that I broke this story to a wide audience just months before I was removed from my position in the federal government. I will keep you posted. And right after Barr got there and Broidy was lobbying to have this case dropped. I will keep you posted on any indictments or plea agreements that arise from this case. I'm very excited about it. This was all filed in a court, U.S. federal court in Hawaii, by the way. And we'll be right back with headlines from under the radar. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, it's AG, and this portion of the podcast is brought to you by the nice people at BetterHelp. Everyone needs a helping hand from time to time. Life gets stressful. If you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your best, happiest life, I recommend BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional, licensed counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than a day. I have faced my own challenges as you, as you know, with PTSD, and I think it's important to seek help rather than try to face it alone. BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide with a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, a lot of which might not be available brick and mortar in your area. The best thing about BetterHelp is you can log on to your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So visit their website and read their testimonials, like this one by BetterHelp user RO, who says says about their counselor, I've loved working with Joy so far. I feel affirmed and validated, especially as a woman of color. She understands and empathizes with my experiences in a way many others might not be able to. I always leave our sessions feeling more clear-headed and better equipped to take on whatever challenges life may bring. So visit BetterHelp.com com/slash/dailybeans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash dailybeans Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, today, Donald Trump compared the Wisconsin police officer who shot an unarmed black man in the back seven times to a golfer who chokes by missing a putt. This was in an interview with Laura Ingram on Fox News. Uh, She almost, she tried to stop him. Oh, don't say that, you know, what people are going to say. He's like, no, it's just like that. He was referring to the shooting of 29-year-old black father Jacob Blake, uh, which was caught on video and has kicked off a new wave of protest against police violence, as well as several nights of civil unrest, mostly caused by white supremacists and and unmarked cops. But Trump defended the police, saying they're the ones under siege. Uh, quote, they can do 10,000 great acts, which is what they do, and one bad apple or a choker, he said, you know, a choker, they choke. Uh, Shooting the guy, shooting the guy in the back many times, I mean, couldn't you have done something different? Couldn't you have wrestled him? I mean, in the meantime, he might have been going for a weapon. There's a whole big thing there. But they choke, just like in a golf tournament. They miss a three-foot putt. That's what he said. That's where his mind's at. That's what he actually thinks. In other news, the Department of Health and Human Services is auctioning a a more than $250 million contract to a communications firm to, quote, defeat, despair and inspire hope about the coronavirus pandemic. And this is according to Politico Monday evening. Uh, The decision to offer the contract comes as HHS faces questions over its independence from the Trump administration in recent weeks. Gosh, do you think so? Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Stephen Hahn earlier this month called criticisms against his remarks about granting an emergency use authorization of a convalescent plasma as treatment for the coronavirus entirely justified. We just found out today that it doesn't work. And President Trump has previously accused senior health officials of being part of the deep state following a decision to put the plasma treatment on hold. Uh, Hahn said in a Twitter post that uh, what he should have said better was that the data show a relative risk reduction, not an absolute risk reduction. Uh, The document, this document viewed by Politico, said a majority of the money will be spent, the $250 million, between now and January. Basically, we need a PR firm to help us spin the coronavirus pandemic. The goals of this contract are to defeat despair and inspire hope, sharing best practices for businesses to operate in the new normal and instill confidence to return to work and restart the economy build a co they want to build a coalition of spokespeople around the country to provide information on vaccines and therapeutic treatments and give updates regarding reopenings now we know russia is trying to co-opt messaging on covid in the united states and has been caught spreading disinformation about it but here's what's missing from this article caputo is the communications director at hhs this is oddly missing from the headline he has worked for the russians He shows up in the Mueller report a zillion times. This is absolutely bananas. There's a lot of stuff going on with Bill Barr, by the way, too, removing some Justice Department officials who oversee this kind of thing. I'll get to that in a second. But current and former national security officials are raising concerns right now over his recent decision to remove the head of the Justice Department office that helps ensure federal counterterrorism and counterintelligence activities are legal. And they're replacing him with a political appointee with pretty much no experience. For much of the past decade, that little-known office has been led by Deputy Assistant General uh, Brad Wiegman. He's a 23-year career veteran, public servant, not a political appointee. But two weeks ago, Wiegman, who's 54, was told he's being reassigned and replaced with a political appointee. Mulligan and other sources told ABC News that the new head of the office is 36-year-old Kellen Dwyer, a cybercrimes prosecutor who joined the federal government six months ago and made international headlines in November of 2018 when he accidentally revealed that federal charges had been secretly filed against WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Accidentally. (laughs) Mulligan said, Given Dwyer's limited time and experience handling national security matters, he's a very odd, quote, very odd choice to replace Wiegman whom she described as exceptional at managing government bureaucracy and resolving highly contentious matters across the government. But we aren't done with Bill Barnews. Acting Assistant Attorney General Ethan Davis is leaving the Department of Justice Civil Division. He oversaw criminal and civil enforcement actions designed to combat the opioid crisis and fraud on, against elderly, elderly Americans, and he was in charge of preventing wrongdoers from exploiting the COVID crisis. He was focused on the use of the False Claims Act to address fraud and other illegal activity related to the COVID stimulus programs, including the Paycheck Protection Program. We know what happened to that money. But probably most interesting is that he oversaw enforcement of the Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act against fraudulent COVID tests, treatments and purported cures. I wonder why Trump wants him gone. Have anything to do with that plasma shit that's happening right now? The convalescent plasma that he was pushing? Another miracle cure, like hydroxychloroquine? Doesn't work? We found out today? The guy overseeing fraudulent treatments like that is uh, leaving the Justice Department. Interesting. Hmm. Now, you remember I told you yesterday about Trump's advisor advising the white house of, for herd immunity which by the way sounds a lot like what's going on in that 250 million dollar spin covid spin contract for for helping them, you know come up with better messaging from mike caputo that message sounds like herd immunity Oh, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to say COVID is beautiful. We live in COVID now. And uh, here's how businesses can cope. Here's how schools can cope. Send everybody back, though. That sounds like proactive herd immunity strategy to me. But Trump's new advisor is denying, he told the White House, to try herd immunity, which could kill over two million Americans. And that's according to an IHME model out this past March. Scott Atlas, the weirdo conservative doctor, the one that Trump could find, says in response to the media reports, quote, There's never been any advocacy of herd immunity strategies coming from me to the president or to anyone in the administration, to the task force, to anyone I've spoken to. The president does not have a strategy advocating herd immunity. The task force does not have a strategy advocating herd immunity. There is no change in any kind of strategy that I've seen. I mean, the whole thing is an overt lie. Okay. all right, asshole. What is the strategy? There isn't one. They have fucked with CDC testing guidelines while Fauci was under anesthesia. They pulled back school safety guidelines. They've kneecapped the CDC investigations, and they've become whitewashed, mealy mouth garbage. And every single action this president has taken is one that promotes herd immunity. Politicizing mask-wearing, no-testing strategy, large rallies, pulling social distancing stickers off chairs at campaign events in Tulsa, politicizing spread mitigation initiatives, Forcing schools to open. Having Republican governors not only ban mask mandates, but having them ban masks. Taking no national strategy, high-impact, low-effort strategy, such as focusing on nursing homes and meatpacking plants. Something as simple as that. Those, these actions are the actions of someone with a herd immunity strategy. What does Matto say? Watch what they do, not what they say. There's more Bill Barr news, too. He has ordered more changes in the FBI surveillance program under FISA. Before conducting physical searches or wiretaps of federal election officials, members of a campaign, candidates for federal offices, or their staff or advisors, the FBI must now consider giving them a defensive briefing to tell them they could be a target of foreign influence. So, let me get this straight. The FBI finds foreign coordination with a candidate for president, or anyone working for that candidate, or anyone working for the people working for that candidate, The FBI has to tell the candidate. So, like, if the FBI was investigating the mafia, they would be forced to tell the mafia that they're being investigated. What could possibly go wrong? This is right up there with him having to give approval to initiate any investigations into a presidential candidate. His ability to declassify anything he wants. And his so far fruitless waste of taxpayer dollar traveling around the world him and durham trying to look into the oranges of the russia probe which the inspector general of the department of justice has already said was open with proper predicate and and, and everything is fine i i can't understand how people don't see it but i know you do and i'm preaching to the choir sorry about that We will be right back, though, with Renato Mariotti, and we're going to discuss the Vance Mazar's hearing from this morning and the decision on the stay. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to The Daily Beans. Today's episode is brought to you by the good people at Caliper CBD. We've all heard how we need to practice self-care, but no one said taking care of yourself needs to be complicated. Why stress yourself out trying to implement self-care? That makes no sense. The great thing about CBD is that it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. Personally, CBD has helped me feel more calm. I sleep easier, and I feel less sore after workouts or long, busy days. Uh, I'm not crazy about measuring eyedroppers full of tinctures, and that's why I'm excited that Caliper has introduced a better way to consume CBD. It's an easy-to-use powder. And unlike oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless, and it mixes easily in food or drink. And it's got precisely 20 milligrams in every packet, so you'll never question how much CBD you're taking. I often put it in my morning coffee or a post-workout protein shake or in some tea before bed to help me sleep. It is clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powders compared to tinctures. That is a massive difference. And Caliper gives you all the benefits in just 15 minutes. It's fast acting. That's twice as fast as CBD oil. And Caliper is completely THC free. So you get all the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind altering effects. Caliper is made with all natural, non-GMO ingredients. There's no fillers or added chemicals or artificial flavors, so take care of yourself, but also make it easy on yourself with Caliper CBD. And get 20% off your first order when you go to promo code. Use promo code Daily Beans at trycaliper.com/dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they will give you a full refund. That is trycaliper.com/dailybeans, and don't forget promo code Daily Beans for 20% off your first order. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today to discuss what's going on with the Mazar's case and the Manhattan District Attorney and Trump trying to block the subpoena for the grand jury of Trump's financial documents is a former U.S. attorney and host of the On Topic podcast, Renato Mariotti. Renato,
2: hello. Hey, great to be back with you, AG.
0: It's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Um as you know, Trump's been trying to stop the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, from getting access to the Mazar's accounting firm documents on Trump and the Trump businesses for over a year now as part of his grand jury investigation stemming from a couple things. Cohen's testimony that Trump inflated and deflated his assets to defraud the IRS and insurance companies, uh, the hush money catch and kill stuff, and of course the New York Times investigative piece on Trump's finances as provided by Mary Trump. Well, round two of Trump's excuses has now made it back up to the Second Circuit today, and uh, I wanted to ask you about this. His his first round argument, in the first time it went up through SCOTUS, um, SCOTUS rejected because the the argument was he had absolute immunity. They decided he did not, but told him head back down if you got a better reason. Uh, to block the subpoena. And we learned from a court filing Monday that he's now arguing that this would do irreparable harm or injury to him if these documents were handed over to the grand jury. The district court said, no, you lose. And uh, today he tried to convince the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, but he was, I think this was a hearing for a stay. So he asked them to grant a stay. So I first want to ask you about irreparable harm as the argument, because these documents would go to the grand jury, not the public. And grand jury is sworn to secrecy. It's the safest place you can send stuff, Uh, which means that the only irreparable harm would be what? Prison? I don't understand the the argument. So great question.
2: Um, They were a little vague on that as well. There was some pressing by the judges today set by the uh, there's three judges in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals who were questioning Trump's lawyer. And you know, essentially they were saying, well, do you are you suggesting, for example, that there's leakers that are going to leak this information in violation of grand jury secrecy rules? And essentially his attorney's argument was, well, there are exceptions to the grand jury secrecy rules. It's possible that something could fit within an exception and could be released. I think they they've deliberately kept this vague. And I think what they were trying to suggest to the court was, hey, you know, the the potential downside of personal financial information of the president being released let's just say is so great that any chance that, that could happen weighs heavily uh in you know in favor of of the argument that we're making you know com- compared to what the counter argument is that that's essentially what they what they were trying to do here kind of have this boogeyman and it's something that courts typically would be very um, sympathetic to, I think, in almost any circumstance, because typically any taxpayer or a person who's you know got sensitive information that's being subpoenaed wants to make sure it's protected and so forth. I think obviously we all know that there's a backdrop here which causes everyone to view Trump's arguments with a great deal of suspicion, and I think that changes the way that we view these arguments.
0: Well, right, because, I mean, purportedly, are they suggesting or su- vaguely suggesting that irreparable harm could happen if any president's finances get out there or anybody's finances get out there? Because, I mean, not all of us would go through irreparable harm if our finances were
2: released. They would make that argument. I'm not saying that they're right or that it's, <laughs> it's, uh, di- it's not disingenuous. But I think if, if uh, Mr. Kosovoy was on this call, he would say yes, because the president is this public figure who's a target of massive scrutiny in a highly partisan country, and people want to attack him and, you know, tarnish his name, and uh, uh, people want to kill him and all sorts of crazy things. And so letting, you know, private information of the president out, of any president, is very significant harm, and unless it is absolutely justified uh you know it should you know th- that the information should be very closely like uh, you know protected i mean that i think he he would re- he would argue that like i said i don't know whether or not it is that's that's something that you could say with a straight face with, with this president i think we all know that there's some other motives here but i think that was the argument today
0: But if I were a judge and you were going to compel me that this would do irreparable harm, I think you would have to show me how to do that. And if if we had to do that in camera or ex parte or whatever, uh, under seal, that's, you know, blah, 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 then fine. But I think that if I were the court, I would need good reason to show irreparable harm, not just it could or it might. We're not saying that he's crimey or weird. We're just saying it it's feasible. I just don't feel like that's um, a very compelling argument. But they didn't rule on the that argument's merits today. They only ruled on the stay. Am I correct? Correct. And the, so they've scheduled the arguments on the merits of Trump's argument for September 25th. So that is, you know, three weeks, a little more than three weeks from now. It's pretty quick. Cool. Um, And uh, I think that's by design. Uh, So I guess now the stay, there's a lot of people who are upset that they granted the stay. Am I way off base here? But I feel like, and the, the, the president seems to get his stays granted all the time. But I feel like... In order for a prosecutor to be able to buy, you know, they have to, this This is federal criminal law and I know that, that Vance is state, but I'm sure this kind of applies mm-hmm. there too. You have to be able to obtain and maintain a, a a conviction on appeal. And I feel like by by taking these extra steps and allowing the stays, granting the stays and going through this due process, that sort of bolsters a case against uh, a, a successful appeal on conviction. If there is a conviction and an indictment and conviction, is that kind of the idea here? I mean, why does he keep getting all these stays?
2: Well, I think the reason why would be that he's a, you know, the argument would be that he's entitled to due process here. He, the Supreme court said he can raise the same sort of individualized arguments that anybody could. In other words, anybody, if you're subpoenaed can try to quash the subpoena or whatever. You can try to make whatever arguments you can. Um, and the the if the if the second circuit didn't stay this pending their their actual, you know, uh consideration of the substance of these matters, then they would effectively prejudge the matters because then the DA would have the information and they could glean whatever knowledge they couldn't unsee it or unlearn what they saw and so um you know that the ultimately they they would essentially be deciding it if they didn't grant the stay so the argument would essentially be you know there should be a stay because the harm to the DA from waiting 3 weeks is less than the potential uh for essentially prejudging the case if you gave the DA um, you know, essentially gave the DA what it wanted three weeks early. That's essentially, I think, the, would be the argument.
0: Uh, I see. Like, we we want to hear this on the merits. We're not saying how we're going to rule. But if if we don't put the stay in place, then that sort of defeats the entire purpose of, <laughs> of right. hearing anything on the merits.
2: Right. right. And I will say this is all kind of operating under a backdrop of the knowledge that the Second Circuit isn't the final say, And I'm sure we'll get to this—that the Supreme Court's going to come down the line too—and it's kind of an unfortunate thing for everyone who wants a speedy resolution to this matter.
0: Yeah, and that's the uh, the the final question I had. Very very prescient of you, uh, (laughs) good sir. Is is a lot of people are concerned? Well, you know, if he can just come up with a new argument every time, is this just go on ad infinitum, where it goes to the Supreme Court and Supreme Court says, no, not this argument, but head back down to the lower courts and try again. And so, but I feel like in the last. The, the, you know, the first time he went up with absolute immunity, that the Supreme Court was like, you don't have absolute immunity. You have to settle this in the lower courts. And that sort of says to me, we're not going to hear this again. It has to be settled down there. And so whatever the Second Circuit comes up with is kind of going to be the final answer unless they, you know, go against Vance and we hear it on banc, rehear it on banc in the Second Circuit. So it, what stops this president from continuing to just go through with a different argument every time on into eternity?
2: Great question. So, first of all, what I would expect here, I agree with your intuition that I don't necessarily think this is going to generate another Supreme Court decision, but it's still going to take time for the Supreme Court to decide what it's going to do here. Um, And even if it ends up not, for example, granting certain just letting the Second Circuit's decision stand, that's still going to take quite a bit of time. So I, I would expect And I think there will be another stay pending the Supreme Court's, you know, review of this. So I would that was going to be
0: my other question because if the Second Circuit made their decision and said no stay, that again defeats the purpose of him being able to appeal to the Supreme Court. And he mm-hmm. would have to grant, he would have to ask for an emergency stay from the, from SCOTUS, which would take a, a, lo- a shorter period of time. But I, I think you're right. I think they will grant the stay again. And what timeline does that put us on for the Supreme Court, if they say we're not hearing it, to say they're not hearing it? Next term, October?
2: Uh, yeah, 150 days, maybe. Yeah. So I think we're looking at, you know, past the, I think that nothing's going to happen here until after the election. And that's why, you know, you heard some commentators. I was not one of them. But some commentators made the point. There was some very smart people making the point that, you know, even when we had those, I think, very good decisions coming out of the Supreme Court saying Trump's not above the law in the tax return cases, saying, well, Trump won anyway because he delayed this. I mean, you just made the point a moment ago, A. G. Well, can he just keep making arguments over and over and then run out the clock? The answer is that there are not an unlimited amount of arguments to make. In other words, Trump made this kind of absurd blanket argument in the beginning, which failed. It was, uh, I, you know, I think the judge below here, the, the district court judge, you know, did a great job of explaining why that would just completely destroy our entire system if, if Trump's argument was correct. So after, now that that's gone, Trump is down to what the specific arguments are about this specific subpoena. In other words, forget your sort of blanket arguments about the president's immune from everything. What actual problems do you have with this specific subpoena? He's putting them out there. The, it, once those fail, he's he's kind of pretty much out of arguments to make. But um, or you know, unless there's something that I you know that's not apparent to anybody that you know. That, but I w- I would be very surprised if there's another run of arguments to be made. And that would be it. But the problem is, of course, that still pushes things out past the election. Uh, and we don't we don't know what's going to happen between now and then.
0: Yeah. And, and we should note, too, though, that uh, pushing like a lot of people are like, oh, well, if he gets reelected again, he's immune from everything. But we we you know, we should note that the Manhattan District Attorney is not bound by the Department of Justice Office, a legal Counsel memo that says you cannot indict a sitting president. Uh, although that doesn't necessarily mean they will. I'm just saying the election that this this investigation will continue and the cards will fall where they will, regardless of the election and whether or
2: not Trump wins it. That's right. I mean, we you're, you. Everything you said is correct. The it's also important to note they're investigating individuals beyond Trump himself. They could indict, for example, an entity, a Trump organization. They could indict individuals around him, associates of his. So there, there's a lot of options there. Um, and it really, I guess, remains to be seen. You know what's going to come of this, but I don't. I do think this matters. I think that everyone is learning. I think probably for the umpteenth time by now for your listeners who are all very educated and informed and active folks that the wheels of justice turn very slowly. It's something that those of us who work in the justice system, you know, for me, after many many years as a prosecutor, now I'm on the defense side and on both sides. It's just it's a slow process. I think everyone's starting to learn that firsthand.
0: Yeah, and that's by design, uh, Renato. We should remind everyone, a uh, gentle reminder, that these rules are in place and this process is in place to, pre- to prevent innocent people from going to prison. And, and that is why they exist. Yes, they can be usurped or uh, exploited by, uh, by nefarious people, but they exist for a very, very good reason. And uh, the system is working. It just works slow. Slowly, excuse me. I shouldn't forget the adverbs.
2: (laughs) It does indeed. And, you know, one of the frustrating things, I think, for many people is that there are people who are, let's say, wrongfully accused or over prosecuted, perhaps like they're prosecuted for things that, that, you know, perhaps that a prosecutor should exercise their discretion not to charge. And they often don't have the resources to very fully engage in their defense in the way that someone like Trump will, whereas someone like Trump, who's gotten away with a heck of a lot, is able to use his very substantial resources to, you know, game the system as much as possible. And I think that's the difficulty that comes with having due process and giving people rights and giving them opportunities to present an aggressive defense. But on the other hand, those are the things that enable us to have a system uh, under which people can't just be, you know, picked up off the street and locked away, at least lawfully.
0: Yeah no I agree 100% and there are s- systemic issues there is not uh in many cases equal justice under law but we shouldn't what we should do instead of saying you know take Trump down don't let him go through this process we should be elevating up everyone else to be able to take advantage of this process uh do you know do you, do you kind of understand what I'm where where I'm coming from uh, you know when when we say Uh, you know, Roger Stone shouldn't be limited to zero to six months in prison or or, excuse me, Michael Flynn shouldn't be limited to zero six months in prison. This guy who stole a backpack is doing 10 years. Well, we shouldn't put Roger Stone away for longer. We should put put the other guy away for shorter. Do you know what I'm saying? We we, we should come up to meet equal justice under the law, not tear it down to, to, to meet the inappropriate and unjust things that are happening, miscarriages of justice on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, I think our entire system needs a closer look. And part of the issue here, of course, is the difference between the federal and the state system and how fractured our you know, our system is handled at a local state and local level, often in which you'll have a patchwork of processes where committing a crime in one locality will generate a much different Uh, outcome than someplace else. And I think that's part of the problem here is that someone like Roger Stone, prosecuted by federal prosecutors in the Trump administration, getting a very different result than somebody who is prosecuted by maybe the Manhattan DA, for example. And that is an issue.
0: Yeah, agreed 100 percent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Everybody check out the On Topic podcast with Renato Mariotti, former U.S. attorney. Thank you for speaking with me today. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with a good news block. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's A.G., and this Helping a Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Seriously, my favorite thing ever. I have always, always, always loved cereal. I remember as a kid, I would eat a whole box just sitting there in front of the TV, and then I would drink the the milk after. Like, that mm, so good. But as an adult, I had to give up eating cereal because of all of the sugar and carbs. That is why I'm excited to share Magic Spoon. It is a cereal that is so delicious, you will not believe that it is made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. It is so good, you won't believe it's actually healthy and as forbes magazine says with cereal it tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value as opposed to none magic spoon may be the future of breakfast and i agree and lunch and dinner i eat it all day uh they amazingly these cereals magic spoon zero sugar 12 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in each serving it is keto friendly it's gluten-free grain-free soy-free low carb high protein and gmo-free and the best part is that it's delicious with four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Magic Spoon tastes incredible. It's too good to be true. My favorite flavor right now is the fruity. It is so yummy, I snack on it all day, and it's healthy and nutritious and guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com dailybeans to give a variety pack a try. You will not be sorry. And be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping magic spoon is so confident in their product it is backed with a 100 happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked that's magic dailybeans slash and use the promo code daily beans for fast free shipping and we thank magic spoon for sponsoring the podcast all right everybody it's time for the good news well we're- And joining me today for the Good News Block, I would like to welcome to the Daily Beans. She's going to be here every Tuesday, either going over headlines or good news with us. She is a comedian and activist. She's raised over $30 million for LGBTQ+, plus HIV awareness, and AIDS prevention. Host of the podcast Out in Left Field, Dana Goldberg. Dana, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Allison. It's nice to be here, and finally, I get to talk about some good things.
0: <laughs> yes, we put this at the end of the of the firehose shit show of news <laughs> uh, that we go through every day. Although I will tell you, I have to, you know, welcoming you to the Leguminati here. Um, there are uh, people who listen to us as they fall to sleep uh, because somehow we are able to make this news. Uh, calming and, I don't know, relaxing in some way so we call it the shit show lullaby so we like to okay we like to end it with the good news block and so i'm glad you're here joining me today
1: oh i, I, I it's like the curling of podcasts like we just watch it and it'll put us right to bed <laughs> it's the olympic curling of podcasts can i do the little broom thingy absolutely you can definitely i don't know what position that is but you take it i think they're called sweepers but i could be wrong i'll do i'll i'll gently push the giant teapot onto the ice and then you can <laughs> Do the 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 obsessive compulsive. The ice isn't clean enough. It's not clean enough. And then you can get the teapot to keep moving. Down the ice isn't clean enough. It's not clean enough. Curlers
0: don't get coronavirus because they wash their hands so so much. Um. <laughs> now I also want to tell everybody you are also doing a Mary Trump book club with us, and that's for patrons. It's a six episode series. So if you're not a patron. And you want the Daily Beans early and ad-free, and you want the newsletter and all the research notes, and you want to be part of the Friday meet-and-greet happy hour live streams and all of the other things that come with being a patron, including this six-series Mary Trump Book Club episode, just go to patreon.com slash dailybeanspod and sign up. And we do have a patron sponsorship program. As you know, we've we've had hundreds, Dana, we have hundreds of our patrons buying one-year memberships for people who can't swing it right now. So you can sign up. To be on the list, or you can sign up to purchase one. It's thirty-six bucks for the year, and we've already gifted hundreds. I, hundreds. It's incredible the 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 amount of generosity that we have in our listenership. So I'm excited. So that's good news. Now I have a piece of good news. Before we get to our listener good news, the Biden campaign has launched official Animal Crossing New Horizons yard signs.
1: <laughs> I saw these. They're adorable. And now I wasn't going to put a yard sign up. Well, one, because I live in an apartment and I don't have a yard. But I do have a window and I'm going to put one of these up in my window. Mm.
0: Yes, and and players now will be able to access in-game designs by scanning QR codes through the Nintendo Switch Online app. Millions of people have picked up Animal Crossing since its release in March, right when we went into lockdown. Perfect timing. And the Biden campaign is hoping to engage that large base with their new merch. So, quote, Animal Crossing is a dynamic, diverse, and powerful platform that brings communities together from across the world. It's an exciting new opportunity for our campaign to engage and connect Biden-Harris supporters as they build and decorate their islands. So I will be putting up a ton of these on my island on Animal Crossing. And uh, we have an Animal Crossing Discord for for Daily Beans That's listeners. adorable. I know. I, I love this game.
1: And we know how much Trump hates animals. So this is a perfect way to just mm-hmm. get under his th- thin orange skin. Mm, yeah. Do you remember the bald eagle that flapped? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> no one loves America more than a bald eagle. And there's proof <laughs> in the video. <laughs> is so good uh all right so
0: uh i'll kick off the listener good news we're gonna uh the way this goes dana we i read one you read one and after each one we have a little discussion great sometimes there's tears sometimes there's laughter sometimes there's just some really great uh just some really really amazing things that our listeners are doing and they want to tell us about it so here we go from uh from best typos pronouns uh she her i have three pieces of good news one. Three. Well, you're going to need to submit three separate. No, I'm kidding. Uh, First, this week I finished my postcards for the Swing State of Arizona, and those will be mailed in October. I had to remove my subscription for this podcast, though I didn't miss an episode, just got it later, so I could afford the postage for 200 postcards. I support this. Number two. For the previous two weekends, I have been phone banking for my local Democratic candidate for the House of Representatives in Virginia, Dr. Cameron Webb. I want to continue phone banking each weekend. He has such a great platform, and I really believe in him. My last piece of good news I will be able to subscribe again. Aw, thank nice. you. Uh, check out, she says, uh, She did I get the pronoun? Yes, she says, uh, postcards to swingstates.com. Uh, and so that's something that you can do from home with the safety of your own and you're supporting the postal service.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say, Allison. like the, she's four good things. She bought stamps, postage for these postcards. That is one thing I think everyone's like, how, what can we do? You know, I'm just a citizen. Go buy a book of stamps, go buy a book of stamps and help support this, the, the postal system. Cause that is literally how they make their money and how we're going to keep them open. So that. Trump doesn't steal this election. Mm-hmm. Now, DeJoy doesn't know how much a postcard postage stamp costs, but oh, you do. Oh, God. I I don't understand how that man... Well, no, I do understand how that man got that job. I just... Wow. That... The congressional... The congressional hearing. It's like... It was... Mm. It was rough. So it's like listening to my... Li- like my Uncle Joey. Like he had a day off. He has got his, he's got his loafers. There's pennies in them. And I'm going to talk about the postal service. And uh, that I have no idea how the fuck it works. That's why I'm here. That's why. That's why I'm here with Congress. It, ugh! I don't understand these people. The nepotism. The nepotism.
0: He sounded like a hitman. Well, you know, it's just a job. I got a job, <laughs> and now I'm gonna do the job. Why yeah. do you keep asking me so many questions for? <laughs> hey, it was <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> whoa you sound like a 96 year old alderman on the outskirts of chicago on the south side and you're gonna teach us a lesson oh, oh my god, god it was this is just not bananas. putting this
1: is not giving anyone sweet dreams before bed we have to get back to the goodness
0: oh but, you're correct <laughs> what do we have next you, you, you who, 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 the uh, second Dana?
1: story i love this this is from j pronouns he him hi ag and everyone at daily beans this is not really good news as such but I want to share the pain and kindness I received following everything. I was hoping to let you all know that my peaceful Lasso Apso Willa, she prefers Princess Willa, had a litter of puppies and shares pictures of her kids. I had homes for all of them with people I know, which is absolutely wonderful. However, this gets, last week she had to have an emergency C-section and unfortunately we lost the puppies. Yes. So I I was absolutely devastated. I still tear up whenever I have to explain what has happened. However, Will is okay. Thank God. And came home the next day. She's been one brave little girl. I have received loads of messages from all my friends and family. Now this, this is the feel good story. As you know, vet bills can rarely break the bank, can really break the bank. And if you're a pet lover and owner, you know that sometimes they're more expensive than our human babies as you know, vet bills can really break the bank. And mine charged me over 2000 pounds. I love that you have listeners all over the world for the daily beans. My <laughs> friends who has his own issues was so kind and sent me 500 pounds toward the bill with a message saying it was not my fault and knows what a great dad I am to my two furry squeaks. This person is adorable. Jay, come on ah, uh, little furry squeaks. So just want to say thank you. And despite these little things, are sent to try us, there are people who really care. Here's a picture of Willa, a Princess Willa, as she prefers to call herself. She is absolutely adorable and has the, the bows. cutest bows in her hair.
0: And look at her little smile. She's icy teeth. She's smiling. I know. And her peats. her little peats are cro- like the one on top of the other. Very proper Princess Willa. Yes. And And everyone, we will definitely share the picture of Willa um on our uh twitter at daily beans pod and of course on the newsletter for patrons so you definitely need to see this tiny little beautiful she's
1: so cute she is i'm a dog person i'm a dog person because really my self-esteem can't handle cats so really i'm a dog i'm a listen i need something that is not gonna turn its back on me for no apparent reason just whenever it feels like it i date women i deal with enough of that this i need a dog i'm a dog lover i'm a dog lover Will is adorable. I'll take Princess Will any day. Yeah, I'm the straight sis, cat lady, so. <laughs> it's all right. As long as you act gay in public, we're fine. Go ahead. Mm, I'm used to people turning their backs on me. Uh, all right. Uh, next up from, uh,
0: anonymous pronouns, he, him good news. Oh, it's another pet story. Yay. Uh, good news. We've been thinking about adopting a dog since the before times. That's what we call pre COVID, but didn't think we'd ever be around, uh, enough to properly take care of one. My wife works in an office. I used to travel a lot, but in quarantine, I'm only doing zoom appointments and my wife is splitting her time 50, 50 home and office. But the real motivation is our little dude. Our 11 year old son is very social talks so much and hasn't been able to do camp or visit cousins or go to the beach with grandparents like he normally does. So we decided to take the leap into dog ownership. We picked out a dog from the local shelter and visited him. But that one was way too rambunctious, and the people at the shelter recommend we look at some more, someone more settled for a first dog. Uh, that morning, the wife got an alert on her phone of a posting that a shelter about a dog a little bit older. So we thought, hey, uh, it's a long shot, but can we see that dog? They were delighted to let us see Tanner. Tanner was much more calm, one and a half years old, and wanted nothing more than to be petted constantly. And he took an immediate liking to my son. He is now my son's constant companion And when I have to be in my home office. Um, or He's my son's constant companion when I have to be in my home office. The pod has been an inspiration for us in making the sleep with all of the good news about adoptions, especially Jordan's adoption. Love you, gals. Keep the faith. We and our pod pets will get through this
1: together. Oh, that's... Oh, no. Tanner. I know. I love that people uh, adopting dogs from shelters. I mean, please everyone who's going to take an animal and please make sure. And, and especially if you can get them from kill shelters, because you can save lives. I, I just can't, I can't push it enough adopt. And I just love the story. I mean, their parents are trying to deal with this, this virus at home. And what do we do with the kids? I, I don't know how parents with school age children, to be honest with you are getting hmm. through, are getting through this. I have so much respect, so much respect for them. Cause a lot of them do have to be working from home. Their kids are, you know, in their, their virtual schools, And they don't have the company. They don't. And so I think the company of a dog is just the sweetest, especially a dog that just wants to be touched all the time.
0: I love it. Awesome! Congratulations and welcome to the family, Tanner.
1: Yes, more good stories. This one's from Andrew. Pronouns: He, him. My 18-year-old daughter is finishing her final year of high school during the pandemic. Congratulations to her. In Australia, it's known as Year 12 or the HSC. Excuse me, the HSC. It's a big thing, and ridiculous pressure is placed on students to get results to get them into university. Final exams are in October, November, and uni offers are made in December. However, she has received early entry into her preferred course at Australia National University. So all the pressure is now Woo. gone. I love it. She only needs to finish the year and she gets her preferred course. Proud, proud ah. dad moment. Andrew, you should be a proud dad moment. Nice. Early acceptance. I love it. We all need early acceptance. We
0: should, I was going to say, Dana, we all need to practice <laughs> early acceptance, don't we?
1: <laughs> we really do. <laughs> uh.
0: That's a, it's an allegory for life um but yes congratulations that's incredible and uh so so proud next from alana uh, or alana pronoun she her i hope you all had a fantastic time on your much-needed vacation it has been an interesting year in october 2019 i packed two suitcases hopped on a plane and flew halfway across canada to move to vancouver to pursue a law career when i first got here it was a struggle to find work and i took the first job i could get even though it was not in the legal field it was a job it paid the bills while i tried to secure um Secure an articling student position, like an apprenticeship year for lawyers. Okay, I was like, "What is that?" Then COVID nineteen hit, and most firms in the area started working from home and froze their hiring. So the prospect of securing articles was looking pretty bleak. After months of applying for jobs and getting no response, I finally got an interview for an articling student position. The interview was weird, but I am excited to report that I will be starting my articles on September first, which is the step, uh, the step to being called to the bar. And as an added bonus, I was an, it was announced today that the Trump International Hotel and Tower in Vancouver will be closing permanently.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although I sympathize with all those who have lost their jobs due to this closure, I will be happy when our streets are no longer polluted with the Trump name and ridiculous branding. They are clearly overcompensating
1: for something. <laughs> Stormy told us. Oh, she really did. Little mushroom. Little, just a little mushroom. Little fun guy. He's a fun guy. Um, <laughs> one of the things... The thing I love about this is that she, uh, she had a moment, she had a moment that she could have just kind of just dug in on the Trump brand. And she was so good about acknowledging the jobs lost, which we all, I think we, th- those with empathic abilities, uh, acknowledge that, you know, even if we take away those, those, the, ta- the towers and the golf courses in mar lago there's good people, hopefully some that will be losing their jobs. And she acknowledged that in her feel good story. I love it. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. This one comes from Mary Allison. It comes from Mary. My good news is that I went to a drive-in movie theater for the first time ever. Whoa. I know. I know. Right. My husband and I moved earlier this year before everything got locked down due to COVID. As we got to know our new neighborhood, we learned that there's a drive-in near our house. It has to be a better and safer idea than going to our local move-in theaters. So we've seen two double features so far. I yep. love that. I love drive-in theaters. I, I do too. They're starting to do all kinds of things now. I've got some comedian colleagues that are actually doing drive-in shows, um, mm-hmm. and for the first time, a dear friend of mine, Fortune Feemster, she said she was crying because she hadn't performed in so long, and there was two hundred and fifty cars. Isn't she amazing? I uh, love her. She is one of my favorite. The, the two hundred and fifty cars. Yes, Whoa. Well, the one thing I really 250 cars honking at her she said she started crying but I think one of my favorite things about Fortune and just to give it she is one of those people that you know how fame and fortune brings out the real character in a lot of us. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It, she
1: has just turned into more of a lovely, amazing, kind human being like it's just who she is to the core. She's awesome. Mm. Awesome, awesome. It's like
0: the the when Michelle Obama says the presidency doesn't uh, make you who you are it reveals who you yes, are right? yes yes yeah. yep. and she's just such a brilliant comic i love Ugh, her so i can't. so funny she is hilarious um next up from lisa pronoun she her thanks to a friend i've started writing postcards to voters nationwide who may no longer be able to be who may no longer be registered to vote the program i'm involved in is uh regain our vote a nonpartisan voting rights campaign I've been able to let other people know about this so there are a bunch in our community doing it each postcard I write I think of the person I'm sending it to and hope I'm making a difference no matter how small you are Lisa I promise you you are making a difference I guarantee you I guarantee you, you are. Thank you so much for doing that.
1: I love everyone who's trying to do the small things to save this election. I mean, I understand that she says it's a, you know, a, a nonpartisan voting rights campaign, but let's, you know, let's be honest. There's one party that's actually trying to suppress the vote and <laughs> one that's not. <laughs> mm. All right. This one's from Loretta. She says, I've been listening since Mueller She Wrote started and became a patron a little while ago. I've been driving from New Jersey to Florida soon. I will be driving. She's going to head down soon. Ooh. Towing a trailer to help my daughter and her boyfriend move there. Very generous. He wants to live near the beach before they sink below the ocean. Hilarious. Not the good news and far from my idea of a good time, but I love my daughter and I can't not help her out. I'll be there long enough to sleep. Then I'm headed back home away from the COVID shit show. Anyway, your (laughs) podcast is the one I listen to first thing when I wake up as I'm getting myself together for my day. 14 months ago, I made the decision to enrich my life with my companion, Frankie, an adorable... Oh, Timnay? I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but a Timnay African Grey. Oh, I love these parrots, Allison. A Timnay African Grey, and she has already learned to say several things. I'm still waiting for fuck, LOL. (laughs) Often surprising me with what she comes up with. Since you started using the little jingle before the first break that ends with the wolf whistle, it's not at all uncommon for her to chime in when it comes playing. (gasps) I love it today while I was getting her breakfast together and apropos to nothing. I sang the jingle and she chimed in right <gasps> with the whistle twice. So I also oh. started, I love it. She said, I also started my own blog, boomerdemnation.com. Yeah, All right. Boomerdemnation.com Dem- Boomer Dem-Nation. in March. Nice. Keep up the good work. I love African gray parrots. I don't know if you know this, but Mary Trump has an African gray parrot. Yep. Did you know that? Yep,
0: she was she was talking during uh during our interview, and I was like, "Are you going to teach it to say man, woman, camera, TV?" <laughs> like I, man, woman, person, camera, TV. I was like, "Yeah, you got it. You got to teach." Um, so the jingle that she's referring to. Do you remember in the eighties Saturday morning cartoons? And on ABC, there would be this little claymation guy and he would come out and he would go, After these messages, we'll be right back.
1: <coughs> Good job.
0: And so that's, that's, what he, that's what they're talking about. We play that before our uh, first mid-roll break. Of
1: that's fantastic. I, uh, I dated a woman who had an African gray and, she, uh, the, the, the human, uh, was a, <laughs> was a San Diego Chargers fan. So you can only imagine during football season, the bird was like, fuck shit. Like yeah. for three months <laughs> while, <laughs> while football was on, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just yelling funny. at the, yelling at the television, uh, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. They're, African grays are, and you know, what's amazing about an African gray, They have a thousand word vocabulary, which is actually 948 words more than Donald Trump. Oh, it's impressive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's huge. They must have read the manuals, (laughs) they
1: must have read the books.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, this has been wonderful. What a great news block. I'm so happy to welcome you to the show. Everybody, this is Dana Goldberg. She's going to be joining us Tuesdays from now on.
1: So uh, thank you so much. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Final thoughts. Everyone just love each other. Take care of yourself and do something every day that brings you joy because Lord knows we have enough bad news coming in. So make some of your own good.
0: Mm, Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll do my typical sign off. Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazelle and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.